Happy Easter and welcome to Life Church Utah. We are so glad that you have joined us this morning online to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. To celebrate this morning, we are going to be taking communion together. So I want to encourage you, if you haven't gotten your elements ready already, go ahead, do that right now. Grab your crackers, grab your bread, grab your juice, whatever it is you are using for you and your family to take communion, get it ready. As Pastor Rich will lead us through during communion during the service. Also, I want to share something really fun with you. Today, we are going to be handing out Easter candy at three o'clock at both our West Valley and Tooele locations. So hop in your car, grab your kids, go for a drive, get out of the house, and come by the church and grab some Easter candy. It's just another fun way to celebrate the goodness of our Lord and to celebrate what He has done for us. I also want to say a huge thank you to all of our families and those who have contributed to making the farmer's market happen. This week, we were able to bless 51 people and their families with fresh produce and other goods. This is only possible because of you, because of what you're doing, so thank you. If you know someone in need, or if you're in need yourself, we want you to come on by. We are there every Tuesday at five o'clock, and we have folks drive through getting food. So be a part, don't miss out, it's a wonderful thing. You can also donate items. We need things like Clorox wipes, toilet paper, paper towels, dried goods, canned goods, anything that can be useful to families during this time, we will gladly take it to use it to bless families in our neighborhood. Also, if you haven't given or if you have given online, we want to encourage you to continue to do so. Although we're contained to our homes, we serve a God who cannot be contained, and He is still at work in our community, and we are doing everything that we can to minister to our neighborhoods. But we can only do this with your help. So go ahead, hop online today at LifeChurchUtah.com, or you can come by the church office during the week, Monday through Friday, give your contributions there, or this is revolutionary, guys. You can throw your contribution in the mail. Snail mail still works and we will still receive your contributions that way. So thank you. Your generosity has not gone unnoticed, and God is going to use that to minister to so many families in our community. I just want to say thank you again for joining us. Get ready just to worship our Lord and our Savior this morning, and Happy Easter. Well, good morning, Life Church. Happy Easter. I hope you're all doing well. As the worship team here, we miss you guys so much and we can't wait till we're together again. But until that time, let's continue to worship. Let's give God everything we got. See him there, the great I am. A crown of thorns upon his head. The Father's heart displayed for us, oh God.
That song says, imperfect lives at your feet, finding mercy in your eyes. How far from this place we would be, God, without your sacrifice. Great is the grace that would reach across the great divide to bring us life. You know, this is the, uh, the hallmark of our heart's cry. This recognition of how desperately we need Jesus in our life. And uh, I'm actually sitting here at an abandoned house. And I think it gives us a, a pretty incredible picture of uh, sometimes how our life feels. And you might be able to hear the cars coming, uh, coming near us uh, as, uh, as we're recording this. Um, this home has lost its purpose. And so it sits here, empty, broken. I mean, you, you, you can't get into it. And the, the, this front side is just completely destroyed and it's surrounded by other homes that are occupied, people living in them. And yet here this is, right in the middle of this subdivision, a broken place. I think it's kind of an interesting picture of our own lives. All around us, it seems like things are put together and yet inside of us, we sense and we feel deep within us that brokenness, that there's an, an abandonment that's happened within our lives and something just doesn't add up. And this home sits as a reminder, a reminder of forgotten purpose, a reminder of forgotten dreams, a reminder of, of a purpose that is lost, it's broken. And yet, it's strangely beautiful. In the midst of this brokenness, you can see this incredible potential as well. And that's what I love about places like this. And that's what I love about lives in need of restoration. This place reminds me of those broken lives that we've all come in contact with. The lives who seem to have lost their own purpose, lives who through their own decisions at times, uh, they, they end up in a place of disrepair. They end up in a place of despair. They end up in a place of brokenness and loss. And I think it's a picture of who we are that reminds us just how desperately we need Jesus. Now, for this home in particular, there's an architectural organization that's going to be coming in to fix this place up, and it's one day going to be beautiful again. And it makes me uh, wonder at the way that Jesus can take our lives and put things back together. Sometimes this brokenness can be hidden deep inside. And I think in our current uh, reality, where we've got social distancing, we've got isolation, we've got those uh, where even our interactions with people, we were at Home Depot the other day and uh, just kind of walking through, grabbing some things for our home for some of those honeydew projects. I think uh, a lot of the honeydew projects are getting done right now. Uh, but we go there to Home Depot and the line is there and people are six feet apart and they're waiting to get in, to get approval to get in. And it is just a new reality for what uh, we are living in. And it causes anxiety. It causes that angst within us trying to figure out, is this all that there is uh, to life? And in this season, it reveals, I think, more of that brokenness, more of that hurt, more of that sense of isolation that we can feel not only physically right now, but that isolation that sometimes we can feel spiritually. We feel distant from that purpose in our life. We feel distant from the reason we were created. So last week was Palm Sunday. And uh, that week starts with the triumphal entry that we celebrated. It, it uh, ends on Good Friday, which would be the crucifixion of Christ. So the Passion Week, uh, just kind of that, that real intense time of it from Sunday to Friday represents God 
through his son Jesus Christ on the cross dealing with sin. Uh, beginning this revolution that absolutely changes the reality for everyone. So as we kind of turn the chapter on Passion Week, um, we do have to go back to the cross. On the cross, sin is dealt the final blow. Death is next to follow. We've been talking over the past week uh, or so and hopefully getting the word out enough uh, for folks to gather together communion elements and... uh, I was able to make sure I got mine. I got my, uh, got my crackers and I've got my, uh, my big old thing of grape juice, not sponsored. And uh, this whole Passion Week, as it culminates with the cross, we're gonna celebrate together this representation of what Jesus did on the cross. And if you uh, don't have your emblems ready to go, you can go ahead and, if you're re-watching this, you can go ahead and pause it and uh, then come back to it once you have it. If you're watching this live, my encouragement would be, if you don't have the elements, uh, just maybe come back to this after this uh, live feed is finished, and then you can celebrate communion uh, with us together. I would like to, wherever you are at this moment, um, just take, uh, take a few seconds and prepare your hearts. Allow this to be something as we remember the death of Jesus Christ. Remember the the price that he paid for our sin, and not only our sin, but for the sins of the world. So as we still our hearts for just a moment, we remember that this is a celebration that's been happening for thousands of years. In fact, it predates the Last Supper, which we celebrate here and takes us all the way back to the book of Exodus and the Passover. But this celebration really represents God's victory. And in our case, victory over sin. And we're going to find out victory over death and the grave. Paul, uh, later on from the, time of, uh, from the time of Christ, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 through 26, says this, I received a tradition from the Lord, which I also handed on to you. On the night on which he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread. After giving thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this to remember me. I've asked uh, Pastor Marco and uh, Pastor Eric to help me out with this portion of the, uh, of the service this morning. Well, Life Church, we're excited to celebrate communion together. I just want to take a moment here to talk about the bread and then pray before we partake together of the elements uh, from wherever we are in our homes or wherever we find ourselves engaging with this service today. Um, Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul's talking to them about what the Lord's Supper represents. And he uses the term together five times to show them this. This is not a private thing. This is a together thing, that this is a proclamation of what Jesus has done, that God became a man and died for us and rose again, his life, death, and resurrection, what that accomplished for us. As it relates to the bread, let me read from 1 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, verse 17 and 18. And though we are many, we all eat from one loaf, showing that we are one body. Think about the people of Israel. Weren't they united by eating the sacrifices at the altar? He's using an analogy of 
of Israel. He's saying they participated by faith and were nourished by what they were doing in a physical act. And he goes, so in the same way, our physical act, we are participating in, by faith and are nourished by it, by remembering, by contemplating, by reliving again what it means that Jesus came in a body and died and rose again so that he cre- could create what is represented here in the bread, the one loaf, though we are many pieces, and we participate in those pieces together. And so let me pray before we partake. Lord, thank you that you created the church, God, by your life, death, and resurrection. So, Lord, we take a moment, God, and we contemplate and we remember. And, Lord, in this act of reverence, we think about and we enjoy and celebrate all that was done for us. God, we are one body and we participate together. God, we love you and praise you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name. Paul goes on, he says, he did the same thing with the cup after they had eaten saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Every time you drink it, do this to remember me. Every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you broadcast the death of the Lord until he comes. Thank you, Pastor Rich. And and now wherever you are, I wanted to join us. And, And this is just a symbol that remind us that Jesus through his blood, cleans our sins. And let's pray. God, thank you so much. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for his blood. Thank you because through your blood, Jesus, we're clean. We're new. And thank you because you put yourself as a sacrifice for us. Amen. Let's drink. I know we've already prayed over the emblems, but uh, I just, I really feel like we need to pray for us as the body of Christ. And so God, I thank you for the work that you are still doing among us. God, even though right now our reality is the fact that we're not able to celebrate communion together in person, but Lord, I thank you that as we celebrate together, even though we're separated by miles and separated by distance, Lord, I thank you that you are still with us. You are still among us because we, we are the body of Christ, it says in your word. And Lord, we rejoice in that fact. And Lord, we, we rejoice in the ability that we have as the people of God to celebrate communion together. And so Lord, thank you for the blessing that you have already put upon, uh, upon your word and these emblems. And Lord, we ask for your blessing to be poured out upon us, your church, in Jesus' name. Amen. After Jesus was crucified, he was laid in a tomb. And in that moment, I'm sure the disciples, uh, just like if we would have been there, um, it didn't feel like at that point that sin was defeated. In fact, it would have felt like in that moment that God had lost. They'd already spent time around Jesus and recognized him as, as divine in so many different ways. And in fact, had worshiped him a couple of times. And yet here, Jesus, the declared Messiah, was dead and in a tomb. Man, that sense of defeat must have been overwhelming for so many of Jesus' followers. This didn't turn out the way that they thought it should. 
But here's one thing that I know about God. God is never defeated. I hope you get that into your heart. God is never defeated. He is always victorious. Let me say that again because I believe that's for some of you sitting there right now. God is never defeated. What the enemy meant for evil, God turns for his purpose. His purpose to restore, his purpose to bring grace into the imperfect, broken lives that we all know we have. And yet, God does this. So what's, what's the proof of this? What's the proof that we have that God is going to turn these things and renew purpose? Well, let me read for you the rest of the story. Matthew 28, 1 through 7 says this, After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to look at the tomb. Look, there was a great earthquake, for an angel from the Lord came down from heaven. Coming to the stone, he rolled it away and sat on it. Now his face was like lightning and his clothes as white as snow. The guards were so terrified of him that they shook with fear and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, don't be afraid. I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here because he's been raised from the dead. Just as he said, come see the place where they laid him. Now hurry and go tell his disciples, he's been raised from the dead. And this is where we see the victory of Jesus Christ over sin. This is where we see the victory of Jesus Christ over death. And this is where we are reborn to a new purpose that God brings us because he is a God filled with grace and mercy. The weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. When the darkness falls, it won't prevail. Cause the God I serve knows only how to triumph. My God will never fail. My God will never fail. And I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory.
what the enemy meant for evil, God has turned for a new purpose. And so the resurrection gives, gives that meaning to reconciliation, uh, that, that rebuilding of relationship with God. The resurrection is the proof that God means what he says. And I think there's some really exciting things associated with the resurrection that I want to talk to you about uh, this morning. Uh, number one is uh, Jesus um, in this appearing, right, in this resurrection, uh, notice when it happens, and in each one of the gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, record this fact, and it's actually a very important fact, and listen to what they say. Matthew chapter 28, at dawn on the first day of the week. John chapter 20, early on the first day of the week. Luke 24, very early in the morning on the first day of the week. Mark 16, 2, very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they came to the tomb. So this story is told with this detail uh, highlighted purposefully. First day of the week. I have a feeling that when they were writing this purposefully, their minds were thinking back to the beginning. And when I say the beginning, I mean the very beginning. In the book of Genesis, it says that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He began to, to shape that creation. And he says something really interesting for day one, the first day of the week. In fact, let me read what it says out of Genesis chapter 1. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. There was evening and there was morning. One day. On the first day of the week, God created light and separated light from darkness. And I really think that the uh, gospel writers, as they're, as they're writing down under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, um, they're writing down the reality of new creation. That because of this revolution of Jesus dying on the cross and now that further revolution of Jesus rising from the dead, this is new creation. It's a new day dawning for everything that God has begun. And it's a new day for you as well. It's a new day for me as well, and we celebrate this on the resurrection on Easter Sunday morning. So long ago, this resurrection was celebrated 
because it began new creation. So it's just like this house behind me. It's, it's, it's uh, been neglected and it's broken. And yet God on day one brings light where there was darkness. God on day one begins new creation to restore what's been broken, to restore what's been stolen, to restore what's been in isolation, to restore what's been desolate and removed. Remember then on day six, God created humanity and he calls it very good. He looks at all of his creation, beginning with light and ending with humanity and says, this is very good. So on the first day of the week, God created light. On the sixth day of the week, remember that God created humanity. And I think it's important to remember, where did God put humanity? God put humanity in a garden, the Garden of Eden. And what did God call humanity to do with him? Is to bring order to creation, to bring life, to work alongside of God, to partner with him in new life for creation. So is it any wonder and I love this detail that's put in. Is it any wonder that Mary, who knew Jesus so well, uh, that Mary, who'd been uh, man, re restored from brokenness and darkness in her own life, that Mary was the first one to meet Jesus resurrected. But listen to the story and how it unfolds for Mary. In John chapter 20, verse 11, it says, Mary stood outside near the tomb crying. As she cried, she bent down to look into the tomb. She saw two angels dressed in white, seated where the body of Jesus had been, one at the head and one at the foot. The angels asked her, woman, why are you crying? She replied, they have taken away my Lord and I don't know where they put him. As soon as she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she replied, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will go get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She saw the gardener for who he really was. And I think it paints that incredible picture that on the first day of the week, you begin to see God, who we find out on day six, becomes that gardener. We see this same God reaching out to begin restoration of lives all because of the resurrection from the dead. It's not just an event that happened so long ago and has no bearing on us today. This is God purposely inserting himself again into his creation and bringing new life to what's been broken to bring restoration to those who are hurt. And he is beginning new creation again through us who call on his name. This promise is for you as well, just as it is for me. It's for all of us. And perhaps you do feel like this home that's behind me. There's a brokenness and a hurt associated deep in your life. And you need to know that there is a God who cares about you and loves you. And yet, despite the decisions that we make and times we push God away, we, we recognize deep within us that we desperately need him. Now, the resurrection is proof of the fact that God is for you, that God wants to bring back to you meaning in your life, that God wants to restore and to, to wipe sin away from your life that's separated, really to, to take the fear of death out of the equation because he has conquered death. And so we have that, that sense of freedom to live the life that God has called us to live. 
So this invitation is open for you just as it's been for me and so for so many others who have gathered here uh, this morning uh, for Life Church that we have the joy of telling the story of who Jesus is and have you join in the story of God's new creation. So here's what I want you to do. Wherever you are, doesn't matter if you're at home, you're riding in the car, or you're somewhere else, you're out walking around. Uh, this is a moment for you. I'm going to invite you to just pray a very, very simple prayer with me. That's uh, nothing magical about it, but it's just to help you with, uh, with these words as you communicate with God. God knows your heart. God sees your intentions. And I'm just going to invite you to pray with me. And if you would say, hey, pastor, I, I, I want to get away from being like this. And I want to be that new creation that I know God has for my life. Just repeat a very simple prayer after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for saving me. Thank you for taking my sin and dealing with it. Thank you, Jesus, that uh, you died on the cross for those sins. But Jesus, I am so grateful that you didn't stay in the tomb, but you rose again. So Jesus, accept me as I am. I confess to you my sins and I give you my life. Jesus, thank you for allowing me to start a new creation today through you. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you prayed that prayer for the first time, or maybe this is something that uh, is kind of a rededication for you and it's uh, re-upping this idea of dedicating your life uh, to the Lord again, I'm going to invite you to do something for me. I'm going to ask that you text the word JOURNEY to 74574. And what you're going to receive when you do that is about 30 days of help here in these first, uh, this first month of your journey with Jesus and uh, just kind of short uh, audio podcast to help you along the way. And uh, uh, because we are so excited to have you join with us on this incredible journey of following after Jesus. So again, you can text the word journey to 74574. What I'd like to do at this time is, uh, I mean, we, we acknowledge that things are different. And uh, in this moment, uh, as we acknowledge that, I believe that together we can pray and believe for the Lord to do incredible things. And so what I want to do is I want to close out in prayer um, for you as Life Church, for those of you who've gathered together and you've never been to Life Church, but you just found us uh, today on Facebook or YouTube or wherever you found us. I'm going to pray for you and just ask God's blessing on your life. Why don't you join me in prayer? Father, I'm so grateful for the people of God who've gathered together today as we celebrate Easter. Jesus, I thank you that you did not stay in that tomb. I'm so grateful that you dealt with our sin on the cross. And this revolution of new life uh, is uh, the, the proof of that is the resurrection from the dead. That, that tomb is empty. That Jesus, once and for all, you dealt with sin. Once and for all, you dealt with death and the grave. And you have brought new life to us. Jesus, we pray for those who've been affected by a COVID-19 and the coronavirus. We pray, God, that you would let your hand rest upon them. That, Jesus, you would cause healing upon them. Father, I thank you for protecting families. I thank you, Jesus, for uh, lessening the, uh, the impact of the coronavirus in our valley. And Lord, we pray that you would continue uh, to work supernaturally because we believe that we serve a God who heals. And so, Lord, we are grateful for that. 
Father, for those who right now are facing financial difficulties because of job loss, Lord, I pray that supernaturally you would open up uh, new doors for them to get jobs, that Lord, uh, unexpectedly somebody would call out of the blue and have a job for them or uh, through the resumes that they're putting out and the efforts that they're doing, God, as they partner with you, Lord, we are believing, God, that you are going to uh, rescue those who are in need financially. God, for those who also are facing um, uh, food, uh, food issues and food insecurities, Lord, I pray your blessing upon them. And as we partner with so many families in the Salt Lake Valley, Lord, continue to open up doors uh, for Life Church to be uh, a place of hope and healing for our, uh, for our community. Lord, we love you. God, we praise you. And Lord, we thank you for your blessing that is poured out on our life. This last song that we're going to uh, have this morning is called The Blessing. And I want you to receive this as a blessing from the Lord, as a blessing from, from the, really the worldwide church, right? That we are the body of Christ, that this blessing is ours right out of scripture. So why don't you join with us in the blessing?
their children and their children and their children. May his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. May his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children.
boy, I really hope that you receive that blessing from the Lord. I believe it is, uh, I mean, through scripture, right? We, we see this in numbers and so many other places uh, in, the, uh, in the Bible. But this blessing is ours. And so walk in that confidence that his blessing rests upon you, a thousand generations to your children, to their children and their children. This is the blessing that we have as the people of God. And so rest assured that God is with you. So next week, what we're going to do is we're going to uh, take a little, little bit more of a look at the resurrection, what it means for us uh, for today, what it means for us to actually live out in the resurrection. And what we're going to find out is the reality that, um, man, this partnership is greater than you ever realized. And you don't have to feel like this anymore because uh, this new partnership that you're entering into and because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ gives you an incredible new purpose. And so make sure you don't miss next week. A couple of weeks from now, we're gonna be beginning a new series called, Can I Ask That? I'm sure as time goes on, we've got lots of questions about how does, uh, why does God do certain things? Is the Bible trustworthy? Is Jesus the only way to heaven? And we're gonna get into some of those questions uh, uh, here in the coming months, uh, really looking in the month of May. And after that, we've got a parable series. You're not gonna wanna miss all the things that God is, uh, is up to here at Life Church. And uh, boy, we're just praying blessings on each one of you. Thank you so much for uh, gathering together today. And uh, just wanna wish you one final happy Easter. We rejoice in the fact that Jesus has risen from the dead. God bless you. We'll see you next week.